We're live. All right, Pop Life Podcast. Today is uh, January oh, 28th? 9th. Damn. Okay. Well, no more. Well, one, <laughs> more, one month down. Yeah. One month yeah. down. What do y'all think? Y'all think it went fast or y'all think it went regular, regular speed? I think it went regular, especially compared last January felt like three months. This didn't feel like that to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 was, it did feel kind of regular. Like it didn't, yeah. it, it didn't feel slow or fast. It just felt regular. Right. You're, you're ready for this uh, this polar vortex. Yeah, man. I canceled. Like I was supposed to have a lunch meeting and another meeting on Thursday. I canceled the shit out of them. I was like, yeah. I'm not going nowhere. Fifteen yeah. degrees. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I actually have a meet two meetings tomorrow. Because, you know, tomorrow the temperature is supposed to be, I think, what's it, 25 or so? It didn't, just didn't, like, falls off the cliff. Yeah. By the end of the night, it goes down to, like, zero. So I got two meetings during the day. So I plan on trying to be back home by, like, no later than, like, 7. And then, you yeah, know, before it gets bad. Be, yeah, I'll probably be home till Friday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, listen, I had to go out in those freezing temps. What was it? Last Monday and, and Tuesday when it was really cold outside? I'm not doing that again. Oh yes, yeah, I was I was in Atlanta, so I, I missed, mm-hmm. uh, missed it. Um, missed it here. Yeah, I'm not Plus, doing it. Monday, anymore. I was. I felt Monday because Monday is when I left, and I was crazy. That's when the plane was taking off, and the shit was like a roller coaster because it was so windy. Yeah, that shit was not cool at all. That shit was not fly. So, um, you know, bundle up out there, stay warm. Word up. Um, Sean is going to be back with us in just a second, Jeff. Okay. So where do you want to start? Um, let's start with um. I guess the uh, R.I.P. to uh, James Ingram. Yeah, man. Wow. He passed away uh, today of uh, undisclosed brain illness. cancer. Oh, what? That's what that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, he'll be sick for a minute. So, um, he, uh, for those who don't know, he was uh, a singer songwriter. Uh, mm-hmm. Did most of his work under Quincy Jones. Yeah. Uh, had a his own big hit with the song uh, 100 Ways. Well, he had a Ways. few big hits because um, he had Find 100 Ways. He had I Don't Have the Heart. He had Baby Come to Me, oh, which was massive with Patty oh, Austin. Um, oh, and then he know. had Somewhere Out There for An American Tale. Oh, yeah. Somewhere um, Out There was a big record. And he had a like, huge record. Yeah, he had, I feel like it was another... Uh, kind of movie soundtrack. Yeah, he did a on. joint with Dolly Parton that got nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Um. Okay. So that's the thing about James that's interesting is that you don't hear his name mentioned almost ever anymore. Mm-hmm. And he has a relatively small catalog, but like all his joints were like he was involved in all these big moments. Like he was yeah. in the he was in the Secret Garden. He was in We Are the World. Um, baby, he wrote, come, he wrote PYT. He wrote PYT. Yeah, he wrote um, "Use Me Up" for George Benson. He wrote um, I mean, and then he had like the baby come to me was like a massive yeah, it was huge. smash. It was like huge. a big yeah. what was it like um, "One Life to Live" song or something? Yeah, some yeah. Shit. And One Hundred Ways was a One Hundred Ways was a monster, and he <laughs> yeah. was like a but he was like a pop star. Oh, and he yeah. did Yama, he did Yamo be there with Michael McDonald. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he had like big moments, and yeah. but but since the nineties, you really didn't don't, hear from. I don't know don't if that was based him. on his health or he just went low. But like, hey man, the the the, uh, the royalties from the the, the thriller the album alone, alone. <laughs> yeah, you are Gucci. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. 
Everything else is just straight gravy. And he wrote, he, that was 100 percent or like he wrote the whole, you know, top line. I forget who produced it. I think. Um, Temperton. Or I did, Rob produced yeah. it. Like, he wrote the whole top line. So he had 50% of that song. And that's right. on the album that did, that's done, I don't even know how many men at this point. So, right. last time I checked, I think it was like 40 or something crazy. Something stupid. Stupid. Yeah. So he was Gucci. Um, so yeah, we just want to say RIP to him. Um, and then, um, of course, we have to mention uh, Jesse uh, Smollett, yeah. uh, who um, is just some type of terrible hate crime in yeah, Chicago. Man, a, tar- they, a targeted hate crime. Targeted hate crime in Chicago where they film Empire. Um, apparently, he was going to a su- subway near his you know, hotel Airbnb where he was staying right. like last night, get some food, chilling. And two guys in uh, masks uh, walked up yelling like MAGA and say, I, Well, know, walked I, up and were like, aren't you that, aren't um, you that fucking faggot from Empire? From that faggot nigga from Empire. Yeah. And then, you know, screaming, screaming MAGA and all sorts of crazy shit. And they, you know, beat him, apparently beat him up very severely. And then somehow, I don't get the story. Poured bleach on him. Yeah, put a noose on, on him. him. Somehow to put a noose around his neck. And like, it's, I mean, it sounds it's like it was horrifying. like a shit literally from a movie. Like, so yeah. shit you see like in a film. Like it was yeah. from a film from like the fifties. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is some shit that you read about, like in, you know, the National Black African American Museum or like the story of so-and-so from like 1945 who, you know, like it's almost like Emmett Till type of level of Word. violence. Except he didn't die, but still, it's Thankfully. that level of violence and trauma. I uh, mean, the, the trauma. Fortunately, apparently, he's already been let out of the hospital. But the trauma. Oh my god. Oh my god! Like I can't, I can't even imagine because he was just out there on his own, like chilling. I mean, people know who just he is, but he, knowledge. but he moves pretty normally. Um, yeah. Or at least he did. I, I can't imagine he really is going to now. And it's and it's like. You know, celebrity doesn't protect you. It really doesn't. Hate, you know, no, at all. And that probably uh, give, makes you more of a target because people know who you are. Exactly, and it's and it's a really weird case here because some letters have been sent to the Empire uh, oh, production I office. That. I see that part oh. before, or like a couple of weeks ago, some letter, like a letter, had been sent with like cut, like again, some movie shit, like cut out letters from magazines. Oh wow! Like you know, you black fag. Whatever, and, wow. it, and excuse our language, but this is the language that was. Yeah, that's what they was saying. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so th- that's why again, this was targeted, and unfortunately, it's kind of spurred a debate on the timeline between Black folks because there is a section of people who want to emphasize the the racial part of the hate crime over, you know, the homophobic part of the hate crime. And can, the thing can you actually separate the two? You can't. That's the thing. Like yeah. this wasn't this wasn't Jesse was walking down the street and some and some white boys saw him and fucked him up. This was tar like they targeted Jesse. You know what I mean? And the That's letters the letters said black fag. They called him a faggot nigga. Like they targeted him because he's black and gay. And to Absolutely. ask and to try to emphasize just the black man part over the gay part is erasure. You know, like you, you gotta, you gotta he's, acknowledge he's, that. He's both. So you have he's to both. say both. You, you know have to say both. Like you, you have to. Decide. Yeah, you can't decide. It's ridiculous. But um, you know, obviously, hot black Hollywood, Hollywood in general, but especially black Hollywood, has come out in force and supported him 
Um, yeah. just because he's known to just be a very kind person, a very normal mm-hmm. person, like just, mm-hmm. you know, cool. And I, mm-hmm. and I've been in a couple of events with him and he was funny, you know, and, and sweet and, um, very open and whatever. And, um, yeah, like prayers to him because even though, again, he's apparently home by now, this was, this is horrific and it's terrifying. Horrible. And I can I, imagine how, I can only imagine just kind of what was going through his head at that point, right? Like that right. is just, you know, it's not like, yeah, because it's not like, hey, I kind of look, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's a fighter or anything like that, but I'm sure he's been in a fist fight at some point or, you know, that this, this clearly was not that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like this yeah. was clearly something, um, you know, demonic, right? Like this is right. clearly some other shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of jumped in, but you know, prayers to him and I really wish him well. Um, and I hope that everyone is, uh, you know, following this case. It seems like the FBI now is getting involved because mm-hmm. of the letters that yeah. were sent, um, to the production office. So apparently they're not investigating the attack specifically there and get, they're investigating the letter. Because the letter also had like fine white powder on it, but they suspect it was just like Tylenol for dramatic yeah. effect. Yeah. Yeah. So they, but they're, they, they, I mean, listen, in Chicago, they should be able to get plenty of footage and sort of figure out, you know, yeah. where these guys were. And, um, you know, it, this is like you said, this was something that seemed to be set up. That's not really like, it did not feel very random. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would probably assume that he has the same, habits or is in the same vicinity when he's yeah, the same area yeah exactly. same area yeah so i think i think these guys particularly so because i believe he tweeted or ig'd or something that he was heading to chicago like when he was boarding right. the plane so they might have yeah. they might have just sat around and figured well tonight's the night if we see him we're gonna do whatever and yeah i mean this is not you know this is something that we really need to be conscious of and i know we like to think that um you know, this only happens in some, you know, rural part of, of the deep south or some, mm-hmm. you know, Midwest place right. that we're unfamiliar with. And mm-hmm. in fact. Oh, we lost Sean again. Something's going on with his computer. Oh, but I already know what he was going to say. I mean, I saw a couple of people say this online. Um, like Chicago is a big city. How could this happen there? But Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in America still. Yeah, you know? uh, absolutely. There's, there's the black section could possibly happen there's, there's the white in a place oh, like awesome. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this yeah. could yeah. possibly happen in Chicago. It's just it's ludicrous. Yeah, it can happen anywhere. Right. And especially in the times that we're living in now, with your man in office, it can happen everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, it, and it is. And exactly. it is. You know what I'm saying? The MAGA shit is everywhere. Um. So again, we just want to like you know, just want to say you know prayers to him and you know what I'm saying um and uh Jesus man I mean like I say he's gonna have to deal with some real serious um therapy you know what I'm saying like, seriously you know, gotta, I mean God bless yeah, him God so bless him again I can't I just I can't imagine the trauma I cannot imagine the trauma it's horrible I cannot horrible. imagine the it's trauma horrible. it's horrible um on a, I guess a, I guess a lighter note. Um, uh, I watched Amanda Seals' uh, special on HBO. I did not. How was it? Uh, um. Okay. Uh oh. 
Okay, is in it was okay or okay? Or okay, let me, let me get my shit. thoughts together. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, let me get my thoughts together. Oh, boy. How you do now, me? The, 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 go. the opinions of Jeff Slade. Yeah, this nigga go. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, listen, listen. What I, you know, look, I've always had a thing for stand-up comedians, right? Ever since I was you know, a, a wee pup, I would stay up really late and watch, you know, back then Johnny Carson or Merv Griffin or whoever. So, like, I've been kind of like, I'm not a stand-up comedian, obviously, and I've never done it and have no desire to do it. But I, I've watched comedians so long over the years, I can really kind of, it's almost like music with me. I can really kind of figure out different styles and who's this and that. And with her, what she's done is she's basically taken everything that she kind of does on IG live, you know how she does her IG lives and she'll like kind of talk about something and it'll be like multiple kind of cuts of whatever topic that she's talking about. She's kind of taken that style and put it into stand-up form. So in a lot of cases, I could see a lot of her bits if they were on IG, mm-hmm. they would work that be- they would work better. Gotcha. And then the audience seemed to like it. You know what I'm saying? Like the audience seemed to really dig it. You know what I'm saying? But like, it was very like IG. It was like watching Amanda on IG, except without the kind of, you know, when you do IG, it's like those quick kind of cuts, 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 cuts. It wasn't, there was obviously no cuts. Um, It was, you could tell she really thought it out well. She was, was, she has a lot of movement on stage. She's very physical. Um, and, you know, it was all about, you know, black issues and kind of like, you know, black girl magic and that kind of thing. That was kind of like the gist of the, the basis of her, 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 her routine or of her set. Um, and I could see her having a space for it that works, but it's like, if you don't understand that, it's only for that space. Got it's you. Only for like those that girls. Makes sense. Like, like she'd be great, like on Black Girls Rock. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, or right, something right. like that. But like outside of that, I don't know how far it'll stretch because it's very specific and it's very social media specific. Like you have to kind of like understand social media and how people talk on social media and how people communicate on social media to understand what she's doing. Um, so I didn't really laugh much at all, actually. I just was kind of watching it like, oh, this is interesting what she's doing. But I didn't have any out right laughing moments but again the audience seemed to really enjoy it um hbo did a hell of a job promoting it they they were all over again all over social they media were, all over social media they went heavy hard promo heavy promo and um, apparently she's only the second i have to i have to verify this but it seems like it could be possible that she's only the second no well i read that she was only the second black woman to have an hbo stand-up special but what was tiffany's stand-up special on was that it on showtime? Showtime. that was showtime. okay so, so probably, yeah probably so whoopi uh, so wait why so wanda wanda was showtime wanda wasn't uh i know whoopi definitely has done hbo so yeah, yeah, definitely. maybe wanda, so, so i have to so i have to check but i read um, i feel special. very confident that wanda has had an hbo special mostly because i mean she's she's done work with the network right like she was yeah. on she's right. the enthusiasm yeah. Yeah. she was on chris rock's show oh yeah she was you know what i'm saying she was yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to think she didn't get a special. Yeah. So I mean, you know, look, props to uh, Tiffany, props to Amanda for, for I know her a little bit. You know, she's cool and shit. And props to her for you know getting this far because I didn't even know she did stand up until this. Well, I didn't know. I, well, look, I'll, I'll I don't think I, she really did. Not. I don't think she does. I don't think she does a formal kind of stand up, which is exactly why to you it felt like bits. 
because I think that's what she does. Like when she that's what they stuff, are. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, what that's what they are. And I think that what is interesting is that, and I didn't watch the uh, program, but what I think is interesting is that I think we're going to see more of this, Jeff, rather than the traditional uh, yeah, stand-up comedian. Because I've always kind of wondered, like, you know, these IG comedians who uh, many of them I do not find funny. I don't mm-hmm. think their material is you know, lasting and I might get, you know, you watch something for a minute and you get a chuckle. That's not a stand-up comedian. I agree. Um, so, I, but I do think that with how we are, um, how we're taking in entertainment now, um, digital, bite size, all of the things that lead to this sort of um, level of comedy sort of, you know, catching on. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah, I don't, because, and I, because, yeah. Because it could transfer to IG easily. It, it transfers to IG. It transfers to YouTube. It transfers to, like, so you can have so pieces. many. Yes, you have so many different pieces where you can take, you know, because again, when you, when you watch a traditional comedian, they, some of them, the, the really good ones, have this sort of underlying joke that, yes. that runs into all of the jokes. Yes. That yes. aren't necessarily going to, you know, it, it you have to kind of watch the whole thing to get context. Yep. You can't bit and cut in, mm-hmm. in, in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's just like taking raw, right? Like raw is really like a series of maybe five jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Just really lo- they're jokes in the jokes. Yeah. There's so, like, there's, exactly. But in actuality, there's really long jokes. Yes. So it's, I don't you know, necessarily, I think that we're, ne- I don't think we're ever going to see that um, anymore. I think we're definitely going to see more and more of this and, you know, kudos to her. I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan like that. God bless her though. And if she opens up the door for, you know, maybe someone else to get a shot at doing this, who's, you know, a legit, com- I don't want to say legit. I'm not, you know, shooting daggers at her. That's a, that's a career long comedian. Right. I think that'd be dope. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? No, no, no shots. You know what I'm saying? Peace to Amanda. Um, oh shit. It was something else I wanted to talk about. God dog it. Um, oh, I know y'all haven't watched the show, but there's a show on, on own, you know, as an own watcher <laughs> called Love and Marriage Huntsville. I watched an that episode. That shit looks like it was shot with three iPhones. I no, it's it. pretty good. You, know, you should watch it. As far as production value, it's actually better. I think it's better than you, you think. It's pretty, well, you know, it's not, it's pretty, it's, it's fine. So the mm-hmm. gist of it is this, it's these three couples. They're all early 40s, I would guess. So fairly young. All, all, all I, they haven't said, but they all feel like HBU graduates. Like they all feel like they're from I'm promising um, in there as well. They're probably all Greek, to be honest with you. And they live in Huntsville, Alabama, which is, you know, they're trying to make it the same, like this, like a very fast and up up and coming city. Um, because, you know, there's NASA there. There's a couple of big, huge, uh, uh, you know, companies there that, that kind of grow the city. So a lot of people who go to HBCUs in that, like, you know, like T- the Tuskegee and Alabama A&M and all that, like they all kind of go to Huntsville. Okay. Um, the work, you know what I'm saying, and stuff, because there's a lot of action there. So these three couples are all into real estate. Um, and it's kind of like goes through like, you know, them, uh, for, you know, so I stuff like it's interesting. Carlos King is the executive producer. So, you know, he knows how to do a reality show because he did, you know, Real Housewives. So it starts off with like, uh, showing them, 
you know, the first episode is kind of showing them, you know, they got their you know, Range Rovers and they're living good in the South and all that. But then, you know, of course, as the after episode three or four now, and of course, they start now to show that there's cracks in the armor. Like one couple. Um, like there's dude, some cheating or something, right? Dude, he, that ain't cheating. He had a whole ass relationship. He was with the same, he, he, he had a whole girlfriend for like almost two years while he was married. So that's a huge issue because she's obviously, you know, distrustful of him. Um, and the other couple, um, there's no cheating about with them. It's just uh, two, two of the guys are brothers. One of the brothers is, 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 uh, he's divorced and he's dating this new woman who's older than him, but they seem right now to be cool. Like they don't seem to have any issues. But the main thing is there's this guy, and I know Sean will hate this nigga, who's like, this nigga's a caveman. This nigga's a caveman. I know exactly. I, I watched the episode. So you watched this, this week here? Yes. Dude, so nice. So this is, I, yeah, this is, <laughs> so, you know, I'll, he's a caveman, right? He doesn't want his wife to work. And that, again, now remember, all, there's six of them, all of them are college graduates. So it ain't like his wife is just, you know, she's right. got a college degree. She's, she's a smart woman. He, he don't want her to work. He's like, you got to stay home with the, they have three children. You got to stay home with the kids. You can't work. I'm going to be doing working. You can't really, he don't want her to go out. He don't want her to socialize. He wants her to stay in the house, cook, clean, and take care of these kids. Right? That's How it. long they've been married? Um, a while, like 12, 13 years okay. so for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. So she's, of course, getting frustrated because she's like, I don't have a life. Like, I don't do shit except, and I have this degree and I'm smart and I want to like do things. I want to help with the real estate company. I, I have, a, she went and got her real estate license. In the first episode, she was like, yo, I went and got my real estate license. He was like, yeah, I just let you do that because you know, I thought it was be cute. Oh, but you ain't wow. going to use but You ain't going to use it. Oh no, this wow. thing is oh No, no, it gets worse. This nigga is horrible. <laughs> so this week, her and one of the other women, um, uh, the woman whose husband cheated on her, she, they have a talk, and she's like, "Yo, I want to take you to this networking event. Like, I want you to meet a bunch of people. I want you. You, you should really. You should use your like real estate license. You should like. Come on, get out here." So she go. She she tells him that she's going to the shit. Yo, your man like loses his mind. He's like, "Yo, like, where are you going?" But he's saying caveman type shit. Like, what? In the, in the cutaway, he literally says, and I I thought of Sean because I know he wanted to shoot this nigga in the head. He literally says. What kind of mother leaves the kids home with their dad all day? What kind of parent is she? Wow. What a straight That's face. crazy. So yeah. there's three there's three of them. The, the oldest is a boy. He looks to be what it's showing about like 11, 10? Yeah. yeah. Right? So he walks into the bedroom after the mom. They had this huge argument, in it, but God, God bless her. She leaves. She's like, fuck you. I'm leaving. I'm going through the shit. So, um... The, little, the the boy walks into the bedroom. He's like, Dad, I'm hungry. The dad's laying on the bed. He looks at the little kid who's like 11 and says, hey, man, you're a grown man. You can go make breakfast. The little boy says, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry, not what? Yes, yes. He says, you're a grown man. You can go downstairs and make breakfast for yourself. The little boy says, Dad, I don't know how to turn on the stove. So yes, because like, because because an eleven year old with gas on is right. clearly the best decision you can make right now. What? Yo, this nigga, yo. So the nigga goes downstairs. 
he he's putting oil in the pan to make uh, eggs. He put he, nigga looks like he put about a half a bottle of oil in the pan. The shit the, the eggs is all shitty. Then he's about to he's like yo let's make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The little boy turns to him and then he's he kind of gives him this look and the cutaway goes to the man to the guy. He nah he says wow I found out today that little DJ got peanut allergies. I never knew that. Holy His son is shit. like eleven. Wow, that's crazy. Yo, he he does, he wants literally nothing to do with his children. Unless, unless I'm sure, unless they're coming out to be uh, uh, shown like fucking show yeah, monkeys. Exactly. And, okay, and, so wait. He's been Mar- Marceau. Is that his name? Marceau. Marceau. Okay, so Marceau is on Twitter, and apparently, because I had to Google the hashtag while we were talking, so somebody okay. tweeted. I watch Love and Marriage Huntsville, and I think Letitia, I guess that's his wife, is yes. trying to make a coin because she's preparing to leave her husband. Mm-hmm. And he responded and said, yikes, I hope not. That's my babe. So somebody said, I'm glad you're here. I have questions that I hope you're willing to answer. So she, the first person asked, were you taught or shown that women should play the more domestic role in marriage, or was this something you adopted? And he said, I can't speak for all or any woman, but I can speak to my strengths and weaknesses. In our household, we allow the person who is better in certain positions to take responsibility for leadership in those areas. Ours happen to fall within traditional lines. Um, And he says, successful people form synergistic partnerships. That's why we got married, um, to be interdependent and need each other. Um, And then somebody said she didn't go to school for a degree to intentionally not use it. And he said, Michelle Obama has degrees and a $212,000 salary. She didn't go to college to focus on childhood obesity for $0. That's overly simplistic. First of all, she was the fucking first lady. That's just dumb. Weird how sometimes powerful women give up their ambitions to support their man's dream. She is she was the first lady. Um, And and she, and she she uh, she was his boss. First, right. She was his boss first. She wrote she wrote her own book after. She'd be doing her own shit. Um if yeah, you want to so, stay at home mom. Like what the fuck are you talking about, my nigga? Right. He's like so people are like basically saying you full of shit and he's like, All I know is that Michelle did, meaning gave up her career and was better afterwards. Oprah didn't and is great as well. Whatever works for you, I see strength in both compromise and resilience. So basically he's double talking. But, he, but but the difference with with those situations is like he's like clearly got his foot on his wife's neck. Clear. Like he, he's like telling her like he he's like literally looking at her when she's getting dressed. Like he says to her, "My day off is not your play day to go do other shit." Oh wow! Oh, this thing is. Well, bro, go ahead, go ahead. You go well, here, bro. a couple of things. I mean. The, the the guy is, I mean, like you said, Jeff, he's obviously, he's a caveman, right? But like the way, the, so he talks to her and they have this conversation in which he talks about them having a plan, right? And, I, and, it, and it appears that the plan was for whatever their situation is to operate in that way over the next six years. Yep. Right. And that, and that you know, basically she's in year three of that six year plan that they made. Right. Now, mind you, they haven't been together for six years. Right. So we don't know what the previous plans were. True. So she's in year three and she's getting antsy. Right. And one of the things that I, 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 I just, I've always wanted to say is that your, your wife, man, like your wife 
is speaking to you. She is telling you everything you need to know. Right. What she is screaming right now is that she's lonely and miserable, and that she is she is not just that she's miserable, right? Because I, you know, obviously, I don't I don't think that that's an issue with the kids, but there is a level of not having adult interaction that is stifling mm. when you are the primary caregiver. It is right, stifling. Right. You are with children all day. You are processing everything you do is through the lens of having children. Even to the point long. where she had to bring the kids. They had they had a meeting, and she had to bring the kids to the office. That's 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 <laughs> the point I'm trying to make. And so when she is conversing with other friends or people that she would like to be peers with in in a career, right? They're off. And they're doing their thing. And mm-hmm. you know what, dude? She may have been well-intended at, at to, to do this for six years. But guess what, man? People change. Shit changes. Life yep. happens. Okay? This woman sounds to me like she's... And listen, I know when shit is for the show, and I can tell sort of, uh, you know, at least for me, it feels like what's underlying shit. Mm-hmm. And what's underlying shit is that this has been going on for a very long time. Absolutely. Probably since forever. And she's just getting at a breaking point right now. Right. Yeah. And, 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 also, and also, hold on one second, one second. Also, she, when they have the kind of big, they weren't yelling and screaming at each other, but it was a, you know, an intense discussion when she was going out. Oh, no, lying. When she came back, because she, of course, he left the kitchen a goddamn mess. So she had to come in from her date, her networking thing, and start the cleaning. And so they started talking, and he's like, this was our plan, blah, 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 blah. You you said you was down with the plan. And she says to him, no, no, you said I was down with the plan. And I just kind of went along with it, because earlier, it's it's very interesting, because I think a lot of it is those kind of like, Warped Southern values because earlier yes. in in the in the in the car as she was on the way to the networking event with her with the other girl or the woman she says to, she says well when I got married I stopped being myself because if I was myself then the marriage wouldn't work yes. and that's awful that's she awful. literally but that's yes. verbatim she literally yes. said that she was like so because if I be myself. That he is his self, then we're just gonna argue. So I decided to not be myself if so I could let him be his self, because otherwise our marriage won't work. And I was like, okay, well that that's the whole root right now. You you've been fronting for all yeah. these years. You're not being who you really are. Yeah. Well, you know, probably and, because he's told her to stop doing certain shit. That's oh, what no, that oh, sounds I'm like sure. to me. Oh, I'm like, sure. oh, like, I need you to tone I need you to tone yeah. this down. I don't like it when you do this thing. I want you oh, to he definitely Feel, look, I ain't gonna just throw out, um, you know, domestic violence and shit like that. But he definitely yeah, no, feels I definitely, like I definitely got that energy. I, I, I definitely feel like he's he has grabbed her wrist, mm-hmm. yeah, in, 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 a, in a place several times, squeezed them shoulders squeezed a little hard. Shoulders a little bit. Yes, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, mm-hmm. and it, and I wouldn't even. I, it, it sounds to me like what you said, Jeff, which is you know he doesn't want her socializing is like. Really, man, that's about isolation, right? And we yeah. know that we know what that means for women, right? We know how that is. That's um, control. Yes, and and how that is a sort of precursor to certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and and, and what you know what he's not seeing, and nobody's you know really saying it to him on the show. What he's not seeing is, fam, only a couple things are going to come from this. Either she's going to have a nervous breakdown. And you're going to have to deal with that 
or she's probably gonna fucking cheat and or leave you. He because is not. Gonna, yes, he, he's not. She's gonna, gonna be. And when those kids get a certain age, they start to move in and grooving on their own. Because I also get the vibe of showing you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he really even really likes her. No, I was just about to say that is not a. They do not have a loving interaction. That is not. That is a. That is not a marriage of a man and a woman who happened. You know, who had children and were looking to build a family. This looks like a man that had a plan. She fit into that plan. Mm. Um, she probably thought that that's what you know, the plan that she wanted until she kind of got in there mm-hmm. and then it might've been maybe too late for her, yeah. but I definitely don't get the sense that that's a loving relationship. I definitely don't get the Like, I feel like if she was sick, like that nigga be like, I'm going to the golf course. My tea time is at seven. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you be all right. You know, my, my favorite line, <laughs> you, you, you be all right. Nigga, call some Uber Eats. Get you exactly. some and, I, don't even, I don't even get the vibe that he even likes his kids. Oh yeah, I, do, I definitely don't. I, he definitely doesn't seem like he spends time with them because clearly you would know that your son has a fucking allergy that would kill him. Exactly. So that shit was wild. I'm not. Let me just, last thing I want to say on this though, I find it very interesting how when lipstick and degrees are put on the same storylines. Mm-hmm how it's perceived very differently. Mm. Right. Very mm. differently. No, right? When we, when, right. We think, when we think the women are worthy of having their stories told or are worthy because they've been educated formally and they yeah. have these, you know, these same storylines yep. are blasted on other shows. Yeah, and you're right. Leave it at that. You're right. You're right. Now, nah, was there anything else you wanted to say that you saw um, on his? I was timeline? just gonna say he's a dick because I'm looking at his timeline. He hasn't he's been on Twitter. Dick. He hasn't been on Twitter long, but he's really holding firm to this equation of Michelle Obama giving up her degree so that Obama could follow it's, his what's, dream. What's, what's also fascinating it, about that comparison? Not just that you were never the president, my nigga. Right? Like, right. forget that. It's the fact that. She had a career. Yeah. She had a thriving career, my nigga. Like, she right. was the first lady. It's not like she could be the first lady and then go, you know, be at 9 o'clock meetings right. At, right. At, at, at the fucking job. Right. Yeah. And, and taking lunches. Like, what well, are you talking about? Like, that's just, like, to me, that's that's not just dumb. He's not a dumb man. He knows no. the difference. No, he's he knows clear. it's a false he's, he's very clear on the difference. And he's using that because, you know what? He sat around and said that shit in the barbershop, yep. and them niggas okayed it. Right. Yep. Them yep. niggas amened and okayed it. He probably right. said that shit to her at some point, and she probably was like, well, yeah, I see what you're saying. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Now, he's an asshole. So, like, now, nah, I mean, when you, when you get a chance, like, maybe in the next couple of Polar Vortex days, because, like I said, it's only up, up to episode, like, three. So right, if, right. if you want to, you can kind of catch up. Um, I also wanted to mention um, Love & Hip Hop. You guys think I said this or not, bro, but I caught up um, on the series um, Love & Hip Hop New York. I haven't been watching Miami at all. But I caught up on the series. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's been really good, man, because, like, a lot of the topics are heavy. Like, it's not like fun and games in this New York season, man. Like, this rich, this rich dollars um, thing yes, is, like, <laughs> like yo, like this this girl's might go to fucking jail. <laughs> like, well, she, no, might I think she's. I mean, I don't know 
what's happened. I don't know how far uh, behind they are in the taping, but like his baby mom, like what the fuck, man? She shot her dude. Like, oh my god. Yeah, and I'm so she shot her dude, and she's being wild nonchalant about it, like crazy. Like, and and dude is like on board with with prosecuting her, like yeah, he's fully he's cooperating. Going, he's going so, for it. She really, and I mean, I like, I get it, right? Like, she's the type of person, she's never been in trouble before, even though she's probably dealt with, and I'm making a, a crazy assumption, but it's not too far. Like, Rich is one of those niggas, like, he's a good dude, but he flirts with the legal lines a little bit. My guess is, like, you're, a, you're, where are they in Mississippi? You don't fuck with some D-boys, ma. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna tell me you have it, right? In Mississippi? Yeah. So you don't fuck with some D-boys. I don't give a fuck what background you come from. And like, granted, I'm from a, I'm from a certain kind of background, but I got in a lot of trouble, so I know my way around some legalities a little bit. But I, she really just does not seem to grasp how serious this is. Sean is laughing at me. I'm just saying, <laughs> but she really does not seem to grasp how serious this is. Like, you got a public defender? The fuck? And, 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 what? And, 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 and at one point, did you have you been watching, bro? I watched this last episode okay. of 14. Okay, because because it was it blew my. I know you can't talk about it, but it blew my mind that she was like, "They better come with a better deal." Yeah, she's like, what? "I don't want a, I don't want a felony on my record." record. And, yeah. and Rich is like, "The fuck, what are you the fuck about? do you care?" Like, if it keeps you out of jail, and she's like, "Well, we are gonna have to go to trial." You what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Rich is really like, "Oh my, you are." That was that was one of the scenes. That was one of the scenes that I actually did catch, and. The expression on his face was like, "This is this is not really happening." Like she does yeah. not. He not really it was it. almost <laughs> like he he almost like it clicked for him that she didn't quite understand yeah. what any of this really meant. Yeah, yeah. She thought they'd be like, "Oh, that's what happened, girl." Like like Rich said, "Are you good?" Yeah, she was <laughs> like, "I want to go to trial so they can hear my side," and I've never been in trouble. And Rich is literally looking at her like, "Oh my God, you're an idiot right now." Like, are you, you serious? And finally, it seems to hit her when they go to court and the lawyer is like, the judge really isn't trying to give you a plea that doesn't involve jail time. And finally, then she starts breaking down. And Rich is like, if your dumb ass had fucking taken this seriously in the first place. But he's right. And he was like, did you think about, like, you're going to go to trial? What if you go to jail? What happens with, you know, his daughter's in college. There's a younger Mm -hmm. sibling. He's like, have you thought about this? Like, she's... She's just floating around like, I'll be all right. Nah, man. You shot a nigga in Mississippi. And like yeah. you said, man, and he's cooperating fully with the, with the prosecute you. Fully. And, and, he, and you shot him. Like, he went to the hospital. Like, he has, it's official. You shot him. Like, yeah. She like, I'm a, she like, I'm going to tell my side. What the fuck that means? Nothing. Not-, not a damn thing. So, I don't, again, I don't know how far behind we are from watching to, you know what's happening now. You know, I know trials sometimes take a long time, but like, That's man, I don't wish nobody. I, I don't wish nobody. You know that type of shit. But Jesus, ma, you might end up in the fucking pokey, man. And she's not built for it at all. <laughs> not even <laughs> a little bit. Woo. Not even a little bit. Oh my god. So, um, the other heavy thing is this Yandy thing with this uh, girl she adopted, like. Love and Hip Hop is like, this ain't no fun and games. <laughs> you know what yeah, nothing is, no nothing which, is fun and games. Which makes I mean, the silly shit feel a little sillier, but it's some like, but it's like some real shit this season. The yeah. which, the which shit? It makes the silly things feel oh. sillier. 
But it's yeah. some real yeah. shit this season, yeah. Everybody's dealing with heaviness. So the um so um Yandy has adopted this uh at the time of taping sixteen year old girl who she met. Wait, did she adopt her or she's just officially she's trying to be coming a foster her. Yeah. You're right. She's trying to foster her. But you know what? I mean, you know, I don't really, you know, uh, no disrespect. I guess I got to say that, but I don't always cut for Judy because, you know, Judy be on that Harlem shit. But I have to say, Judy this week was right. She was like, yo, you don't know really anything about this girl. You don't know either side. You're just taking what she's saying at face value and you're not and you're kind of dancing around the system and you're playing a dangerous game here. So then Yandy goes and meets um, the girl's mom, and the girl's mom tells a whole different story about how the girl got to this predicament. And then Yandy goes to you know talk to the to, to the girl, and then that the girl tells a whole different story from the mom. So it's like, well, what are you doing here? Like you can't like gotta you know like it's, this girl's in the system. So there's a whole lot of checks and balances, even in raggedy ass New York City that you have to go through to be able to get to this space to foster somebody. So I don't, again, I don't know. I saw on IG, I think she is fostering her now, but um, she kind of went about it in a, in a um, I don't want to say reckless because that's not the right term, but she just didn't do her due diligence as much as she should have. Yeah, she kind of, she kind of, she kind of um, jumped out the window possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean that she might not be a better home for the young lady. She still might be, you know, a better place for her to be because she was with, I guess, older relatives or whatever. And she definitely seems like a handful. But, yeah, she did jump out the window. Now, I will say that Mendici's mom was doing a lot by acting like she needed to be consulted. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Judy does a lot. Judy does a lot. Like, that's what Judy does. That's what Judy do. Professionally. Judy do a lot. Judy do a lot. When Judy was like, what Judy do? A lot. (laughs) Judy was like, you didn't think you needed to talk to me? I was like, what? My grandchildren. My grandchildren. They my kids. What are you talking about right now? Like, yeah, Judy does a lot. Yeah. So, and then the other heaviness was um, Joe Budden and Sin uh, going to uh, therapy with Dr. Jen from, um, well, I forget the name of that damn show, the Celebrity uh, Rehab Show. And uh, Joe getting very emotional about the lack of relationship with his oldest son and um, trying to... Which now has been mended. Like, he's, he seems yeah, to be yeah. betrayed a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely mended it now, and I'm happy for him because that's that's a heavy burden. But he still, you could say, tell he still feels very guilty about missing so much. Right. Um, and um, and kind of trying to figure out things with Sin, and then Sin comes in and talks about the fact that she was raped well, at the first five thing- years. Well, the first Five thing was that. Old, like, yikes. Well, the first thing was Sin had been saying she was suffering from postpartum, but so she she had been saying that. But in conversation, what was really unearthed is that it wasn't just postpartum; like it was just straight depression and 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 yeah. and, and post traumatic, you know, post trauma, um, which having a child triggered, you know, stuff that she had not dealt with from her assault and rape as a child mm-hmm. and um yeah that was like whoa like yeah, we, we doing real shit yeah. for real yeah that's what i'm saying this shit heavy you know what yeah. I'm saying? like this is no games and then you know so they they just you know decide that they're gonna you know kind of see, see you know go through some more therapy together yeah. and try to figure this out um and i think a lot of it i think sin and joe love each other 
to the moon and back. So I yeah. don't think it's anything like that. Like, oh, she's out here. Nah, nah, nah. But some None of this of is age. Some of this is definitely but, but, age. They just took the words out of my mouth. Some of this yeah. stuff is simply Joe is 40, probably 41 now, and Sin is 25. Right. So she's like they wild young. So like they planned a date night. Joe was home, lit candles, did all of this. Sim was like, I didn't want to be home. I'm home all the time. I wanted to go out. So like Sim went out on some like, okay, I'm gonna catch you back at home and do whatever. And she lost track of time and Joe fell asleep and Joe was upset. But Sim's like, I'm always at home. Like the point of a date night is like I want to go outside. I want to yeah. go out with friends and hang out. So, I mean, clearly, like, they're engaged now, so I, I feel like they've gotten it together and they're figuring yeah. it out. But, yeah, yeah. She, but yeah, yeah, there's a there's a wide age difference. The one thing I do appreciate is that no matter what is going on, Joe always talks about how Sin is his friend, and I think that's I think that's important that they're not losing yes. sight of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, having a kid and, and dealing with stuff and Joe even acknowledging that, like, his career was ramping up right as – the baby came like it, it changes things, you know. So yeah. and Joe and Joe, you know, under, obviously as his, at this stage was like understands because he was cold for a while. Yeah, and he's like he was very cold and he didn't really kind of know what he was gonna do and you know he you know kind of fell into this podcasting thing and God bless it's really taken off for him and it's you know brought him other opportunities which is amazing and he's like yo I gotta take every opportunity I gotta chase it yeah I gotta go because if I don't go it's like I I know how it feels when they, that phone ain't ringing. Yeah, like the clock is ticking. The clock and is I, and ticking. I, I yeah, really he ain't a kid. He ain't yeah. old. He ain't, you know, he's he ain't, not a kid. He's Twenty-seven. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I, I appreciate that storyline. Um, the last one was uh, with uh, Nia Lee and uh, Sydney. Was so the Sydney Star Girl, right? Jesus like, Christ. like okay. It's like calm down. She's a trans. She's a transgender rapper. I understand, mm-hmm. right? She wants to be respected. I understand. She has. Um, you know, she, she, she is vulnerable and guarded and mm-hmm. protected because she feels like people are going to come at her because, again, she's a transgender rapper. I understand. But, yo, she's wild, young acting. And she's out of pocket all the time. It's always a short, short skirt and her titties is out. It's like, mom, it's like 25 degrees. You got a mini skirt on with your titties. Like, what are you doing? But also, like, your clothes don't fit well. Don't fit. You know, every room you walk into, it's like, yeah, bitch, it's me night. It's me, Sydney, the star, bitch, in the house, yeah. in the place to be. Like, it's mad 80s. It's Sydney star in the place to be, Al. What's, like, even, it's her, literally- even, her, even her mom who was on this episode, when she had a one-on-one with her mom, yeah. was like, Sit down. Like, calm yeah, was like, calm, chill out. And also, you cannot rap. Like, let's go there. At you all. can't rap. Like, you cannot rap. And I see people really trying to work with her here. Yeah. And, yeah. like, every other woman she meets on the show, she's bucking up yep. off rip for, like, yep. no reason. Um... Like she's popping off and then she's trying to take it back. Like, I'm sorry, my bad. Give me another chance. I didn't mean to come at you like that. Like, I, I thought, friendship. yeah, I thought Nia Lee was really going to take her head off. Like, no, she, Nia Lee was very upset. Nia Lee was, Nia Lee was definitely going to beat the shit out of Mariah. For Mariah real. Lynn. Like, Mariah Lynn, you, 
you first of all, you weigh about ninety seven pounds. You are playing. Mariah is like a chihuahua for real, yeah. and I think she always knows that a security guard is gonna pick up and carry her off somewhere. Absolutely, because there's Cause no Nia way. There's no way you really think you can fight Nia Lee. Like, there's no way. There's yeah. no way you actually think you can fight Nia Lee. And you like, definitely no way you can fight Nia Lee. Like, yeah, like there's no way you think that. She's um, tough as fucking nails. And I saw Sydney was looking like, oh shit, like this bitch might really be crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like Sydney yeah, was like, oh, I might have fucked with the wrong one. Like, so yeah, yeah. I, I just need Sydney Star to like chill. Just yeah. But I've like, enjoyed. I work mean, on I'm, your I'm, rapping I'm, I'm, skills. Whatever. Yeah, that ain't gonna that ain't gonna happen. But <laughs> I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the season. Peace to Mona Me Entertainment. Peace um, to Mona Me Entertainment. Bro, you want to take um this Terry Crews one? Um, I mean, I can, uh, you know, you Terry Crews. Since you had to sit out of the last, uh, well, yeah, I mean, time. Terry, Terry Crews, uh, you know, who we, uh, I think everyone is familiar with had was, uh, sexually assaulted mm-hmm. uh, in front of his wife, uh, famously, um, by, by, a, you know, a very powerful Hollywood agent. He sort of, uh, joined into the Me Too movement, really, um, you know, to, to express himself as well as what I felt was like show support that this was not singularly about, uh, not singularly about women, but to show that there was a level of power dynamic, um, and how this can happen pr- pretty much to a lot of people. Yes. Um, so recently Terry had done, uh, watch what happens live. Um, actually one of the few times I had it on. And the question was, uh, you know, basically like, where did he see his support come from? Mm -hmm. And he, you know, unequivocally said that he felt the most support from black women. Um, and I don't remember verbatim exactly what he said during that clip, but it did not sound to me as though he was saying, I did not, you know, uh, receive love from anyone else as much as he was just simply, praising black women for having his back you know Mm -hmm. and i think black men i think the question might have been asked or the fact or or was there support from black men and he was really kind of like no um again i did not get i did not get a sense of anger from him i got a very matter of fact fact, fact. Mm -hmm. and so that re-sparked what was going on with terry um online and so over the past you know, week since that occurred, basically, Terry has engaged with the likes of Tariq Nasheed and yeah, DL Hughley. And has And it's been, always them two niggas. It's always and, and, them two and, niggas. It's always <laughs> them two niggas. And and one of the things, man, like one of the things that I um sort of mentioned to you guys was that I really wish he hadn't engaged in, in, in with them and it started to feel um you know to me it came off a little uh martyrdom you know what i'm saying because to me then like you ain't convincing Tariq Nasheed about nothing nothing but I, don't, I don't think he realizes that yet like he's the, but, you know listen i don't i don't know terry cruz i don't want, i don't want to purport or anything like that he seems to be a really smart man Mm-hmm. And I think that as men, we know when we are talking to someone that is genuinely trying to have a honest conversation, even if they disagree. And we know when someone is just talking shit and we're never going to find a mutual ground. 
right? Not that there is even a mutual ground here, right? Like yeah, there ain't no mutual. I'm saying no mutual ground. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making okay. is, is you you can tell when a person is willing to listen, and okay. those two and those two niggas have I never know. been ever willing to listen. I think what's happening is, um, you know, when somebody is newly converted and and just kind of had the blindfold taken off in some in some sense. I think that a Terry is kind of across the light in this um in this space, meaning toxic masculinity, Me Too movement, etc. I also think that um, and so he may not have been paying attention. Like, there's a lot of folks who pay attention to Tariq when he's talking about race, but don't really pay attention to how Tariq attacks black women. Um, and, and are kind of just starting to realize it, even though some of us are like, how the fuck did you not know that? But if you, yeah. if it's not on your radar, it's not on your radar. And same with DL, right? And, um, I think that the other thing is that Terry is feeling like he needs to take a stand for black women. And, and I feel him on that and I appreciate that. But he's he's learning. He's learning like what what the trolling is. I mean, the thing with Tariq is that I don't even think Tariq believes half of what he says. This is just his. This is just his brain. He's a, it's he what is, the fuck he, he does. What, he's, he's just going for clicks. Clicks. He's just going. Like, is this clickbait? If I'm not mistaken, in his past life, he was he a, was a fake pimp, a pseudo pimp. Yeah. And so one of the things that we always talked about with those sorts of guys is that they have a they they have a predator's instinct. Yeah. And they know when there is a weak and open spot. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the same with the guys of the likes of Umar Johnson and all of those sorts of guys. Like they know the trigger words. They know the things that can get the people going. Right. And he's really, really good at at throwing those things out there. Right. Yeah. Like I don't I, I mean, I don't I don't pay any attention to him. But my issue was not issue, let me not say that. My thing was Terry was doing in my opinion, a very good job at maintaining his stance on why he did what he did. And and I felt like when he started to engage with them, it was lessening why he did what he did, In in my opinion and in my view. And I also think, too, I think that we, you know, we often look at things as, you know, hey, you know, he didn't want to be this stereotypical, you know, a black guy and all of that sort of stuff. But I think that we, even us, there is a level of your physical prowess, right? Like what you look like physically mm. is indicative of what we assume to be a certain kind of man, right? It's why we use the words like gentle giant, right? right. Like yeah. those words because the assumption is that a big person will be aggressive. They will, they will intentionally you know, uh, or, or, you know, like their physical prowess is so a part of their makeup. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think the assumption was that like, listen, if that shit had happened to Kevin Hart, no one would be saying yeah. it the way yeah. that they're saying, because our feeling is like this big black man, right. Who should be able to fucking choke this guy and lift him up out of shoes didn't do anything and we fall into those same assumptions of aggression i've seen that you know what i'm saying even you know even when with me yeah when it's times to like yo i'm 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 definitely not about to do this right here right now the normal assumption would be why why not 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, what, what you waiting on? Swing yeah, on this nigga. you understand what I'm saying? So, and and listen, I'm not saying that I was ever in any position like that. And I also think that there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. There's a I lot would, of, for sure, for sure. I, what I would have did was, but these yeah, the same niggas that say they would wrestle alligators and that they would have. Um, beat up slave masters. Yeah, so, exactly. so, you know. so that's what so that's why we have to take all of this, you know, with a grain of salt and take it and, and take it within um the context of of what exactly happened and, and what this is, right? So look, I like I've said, I, I like Terry. I've I've always liked Terry. Um I actually watched his show. He had a family show on yeah, TV. Yeah, he had a reality show a little bit. I, 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 I like his family dynamic. Um you know, again, I think some of the things that he does is a little, you know, okay, that's not really my bag, but shit, I ain't Terry. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, whatever he does is for him. But I definitely feel like, you know, engaging with guys of the likes of, um, you know, D.L. Hughley and, and, and like Tariq Nasheed, like my man, like you really, you really wasting your time when you could be, uh, you know, I don't want to say pushing that agenda, but you could be moving that agenda forward with right. people that are genuinely interested in hearing what you're trying to say. And I think he yeah. figured it out, but you know, I mean, there is, the point is that the thing that he illustrated that this past week with him and, and Tariq and them and, and Tariq and his minions launching a full ass campaign against Terry proved is that these niggas just want to talk. Like, and I think Terry realized yeah. that because he did stop engaging with them. They just, want to they just want to talk because these are the same niggas that, you know, when we talk about sexual assault, they're like, what about men being sexual assaulted? But then when Terry came up, they, they're clowning Terry, you know? And, yeah. um, like they, again, they just want to talk. And yeah. I also feel like they definitely don't think they're ever going to see Terry Crews in the street. And, um, but then even with that, it was like, oh, Terry will, Terry will threaten to beat up a black man, but he couldn't beat up that fucking white man. You know what I mean? It's just, it's all, oh, it's, there, you're not, it is no winning. Like, you're it, not going to win. Um, and, and they very well, it is not, it would not be surprising for him and DL to run into one another. I would At be all. very surprised for mm -hmm. him and Tariq Rashid to run into one another. It would not be uncommon for them two to run into one another. And guess what? There's... It, I don't even, I, I don't think that what Terry was saying by the slap the shit out of you comment was he was trying to, he was using the logic of DL against him in that, right, in that right. sense and in that, and in that context. Right. And what people did was they took it as, yeah, you know, you'll, you, you'll pussy, you'll do this in front of this guy, but you won't do this in front of, you know, this other guy. I mean, listen, there, there, there is the, there's always the underlying assumption that Terry did this based on a bunch of different things. One of which is that, you know, he wanted to maintain his career. I don't of necessarily course. know, but I don't necessarily know that that was his training thought. I do not get the sense from Terry Cruz that he is initially a violent man. Right. But also what, what he said is he, he's like, yo, he, he's like, yo, I'm boxed in. If I don't, if I don't do nothing, then obviously I'm going to get heat. But if, if me as 6'3, you know, what's he probably about 255, 260, all muscle. If I knock this dude the fuck out, I'm done. Like I'm going to jail. I'm, and my career is finished. Like he's like, yeah. I, he's like, I had to think because people, people would, if he would have knocked the dude out, it, you know what would have happened. It would, 
turned around, and, and by the end of end of the day, it would have been Terry Crews assaults producer X. Not because exactly. all, all, it, it would have never said nothing about what producer X did to him first. It yeah. was just that Terry Crews, big black man, hits producer X, and you know how could he do that? And da 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 da. He would have been done. You know, he would have yeah. been ruined. You know. So I mean. Yeah, I, and I was it's just, not like, I, I like, like there would have been anything to back it up. Like somebody gave the example of when um, when a reporter tried to kiss Will Smith on the red carpet and, and yeah, Will yeah, Smith shouted yeah. him, but that's different. It was on film, so yep. everybody could look and say this is exactly what happened and this is why that happened. But at this whatever they were event, there's there's nobody be like, oh yeah, I saw him grab. Terry's dick. You know what I mean? Like, but, yeah, no, but, but let me say, and let's say that's a great example. And, and I don't want to belabor this particular topic, but that is, the, that is an excellent example, right? Because the assumption, the assumption is that Will Smith is this happy go lucky motherfucker mm -hmm. that's just happy to be rich and he lives in this great house and he smiles all the time, right? And so the assumption is that Will would not smack the shit out of you. Yeah, like he ain't right. From let me try with that's, like he ain't from Philly. Exactly. That's, that's that's what that shit is about. Like like nigga, don't forget Will was on the Fresh Fest tours, my nigga. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, don't exactly. get it twisted, okay? Well, you know he may not be, and and that's and that's another thing, man. Like we feed into those stereotypes as well. You know, as 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 a culture and as men, like we we have this assumption that men are supposed to, especially men of a certain size and of a certain stature, they're supposed to behave in a certain way. That's yeah, just it. You're supposed to be Debo all time, just coming through knocking yeah, niggas out and roughing niggas and, up. And, exactly. And listen, I'm not even, and I'm not saying one way or another what would happen in that case with any other person. Look, he might have tried that shit with, with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart might have smacked shit up. I, yeah. You don't know. You don't yeah. know. Right. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. Um, I want to mention um, real quick, uh, Howard Schultz, uh, the head of Starbucks, uh, is throwing his name in the ring. I need him to keep it, like just to, to run stop. for president. I, I, my thing is just like, you look, know, I'm not gonna get into like his policies and all that shit. I'm just like, my man, like, who's voting for you? Like, come I don't on. Think this is, I think this is. I think this is. I think Howard Schultz is pulling a, for lack of a better term, a Cynthia Nixon here. Um, I mean, mm. listen, he's riding on AOC's seventy percent tax plan initiative that mm -hmm. is the basis of everything he's making the rounds on right this is clearly going to affect him and his country club friends right this is right. a billionaire um he will clearly be over the threshold of a 10 million dollar you know um uh, tax point um which and the 70 percent, i believe from what i read is everything after the 10 million dollars so all of yeah. your income is taxed based on the regular rates up, up until $10 million, right? And then after yeah. the $10 million, you it would be taxed at the 70. Yes, you would be taxed at the 70% of income. Yes. And so for, for a man like this, right, th this is what I think he's doing. If I spend $5 million in shaking the table, and not only do I make her back off this tax plan or make Dems back off this tax plan, even if they come down to a more palatable number, like another, you know, if they make it 40%, right, which would be high, which would be a higher rate mm -hmm. than they would normally pay, right? But I, that's all I think this is. I, I do not think you don't think he's to, actually trying to really win. 
No, I don't think he's actually trying to really win. Because unlike that 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 wide, fluffy hip bitch we got at 1600 right now, he's a real billionaire. <laughs> yeah, right. no doubt. He's a, no, he's a real billionaire. With a, with a, with a, he, with a thriving business. Yeah. Yeah. He he hangs with the real billionaire. You see, with the real ones. Yeah, your, your man's never with the real ones. Never. Okay? Never. Not he, never. He fucks, with the, he fucks with the real billionaires for real. And so, yeah, I think this On is... On yachts a, and shit. Yes. So I think this is what he's trying to do is really sort of shake the table he understands, I, I think he understands perception. We know that AOC is incredibly charismatic. She mm-hmm. is dominating media cycles. Yep. And I think that this is the sort of thing that can really sort of get people behind. And I think what he's trying to do is maybe shake the table and, and, and you know, have some opposition, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 to that 70% increase. Okay. Um, real quick, I just want to mention my man Future got another number one album. That's his sixth. Um, the album's called Wizard. I like it. Y'all should listen to it. Now we'll move on. Because uh, I know neither one of you niggas is listening to I'm it. I'm good. Um, enjoy. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. Oh, and by the way, Peace the Future again, because he was on the show Sneaker Shopping, um, which is part of the Complex Network with uh, Joe LaPuma. And he was the first guy I've ever seen do his sneaker shopping at Barney's. And he spent $38,000 on shit up in the Barney. So, so peace to him on sneakers and clothes. He bought a bunch of shit for his daughter. So it wasn't just for him. He bought a bunch of shit for his daughter. He bought a bunch of shit for himself. He was just grabbing. He was just grabbing. So peace to him for dropping 40 racks in about 15 minutes on shit. Yeah, it was bananas. Um, I wanted to also mention, um, I know y'all probably have y'all been watching Fix My Life? I, I watched a little bit this Yeah, one I watched I watched so this one. This was a lot. You had it on the topics. This was a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> this I mean This family this, is gonna need so much therapy. Woo Jesus. Oh my god, that mother just destroyed the whole destroyed family. Destroyed every and, and acting like okay, so wait before I even start showing out. Well let's so, give a little just a little bit yeah, of background. Did a background. So the, the the fix my life was a two parter. This was the second part, the second last part. The uh, episode dealt with a uh, uh, mother and father, you know, grown adults who are now divorced, and the mother has accused the father for twenty five years of molesting two of the daughters. Uh, one daughter to the point with the oldest daughter to the point where she also accused the oldest daughter of her her oldest child being by the father, and. Uh, she carried this lie for 25 years. None of the, the, the oldest daughter was old enough to know that she was lying. Right. But then she had a lot of frustration because she would try to tell the younger two that she was lying and they wouldn't really believe her because they didn't live together. So they weren't around each other all the time. There was a lot of dynamics going on. So, uh, the, the, uh, the oldest daughter wrote the letter and was brought to the house. And then the story starts to unfold in the bottom line. You get down to the mother had lied for 25 years about all this stuff because she didn't like the man who she had these three children with because right. she blamed him and the oldest daughter because she was firstborn for losing the love of her life. Uh, which which is a story but, that to me. Com- but that confused me. That confused me because I'm like, if you, okay, so when she shared that she... Had you know she cheated on the love of her life, she got pregnant, mm. and that 
she wanted to tell the dude that she actually wanted to be with that it was his mm-hmm. and this guy was like no you know i'm not i'm not gonna let you do that why then did you have more children with him that's what i didn't understand exactly. like how, how does it end up that you guys have more kids together but also you know at the end so so that the so that the listeners know who haven't seen it it's, it's a hard watch but the sisters don't all get along like they're At fighting a, with each other like and fighting again, fighting like, like fighting fighting, fighting. Yeah. um the mother like totally does not like has just ignored the oldest one for like her entire life yep. um and like you said the oldest one has been old enough to be like mom is making this shit up right mm-hmm. and and there were inconsistencies that proved that like the mother was saying when the kids were young oh he's molesting them He's raping them. But then when they got older, she sent them to live with him, which was like, And, and her excuse what? to Ayanna was, when they was teenagers, they could, they could fend for themselves. They could fend for themselves. Which, what? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, you know? Zero sense. So she asked for a lie detector test. She asked yes. for a lie detector test. Yeah. And then when the results came back, she got mad at the results. And Ayanna was like, you, you asked for the lie detector test. Exactly. Now you don't want to hear because the results. Because Ayanna asked her have you been making things up to hurt whatever his name is? Moselle. 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 Mr. Moselle. To hurt Mr. Moselle and lying to your daughters. And she said no. And it proved that she was lying. And then she said, did you say something to Mr. Moselle when the girls were young about you will make sure that he never spends time with them? And she said no. And the lie detector test proved that was a lie. And then she asked Moselle, Mr. Moselle, you know, um, have you ever hurt your kids? Have you ever had sexual desires towards your kids? Have you ever assaulted your kids? Have you ever raped your kids? All of that was no when he was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that the girls, like Ayala asked him at the beginning, who's team mom, who's team dad? So the oldest one was team dad. I think I think another one was team mom and one of them was like I'm team truth which means yeah. that you could tell that even she didn't know who the fuck to believe yeah, what, yeah, exactly like she she like she knew she couldn't really trust her mom but she wasn't really sure about her dad so when all of this comes out it's like the mom is actually offended that she now has to take accountability for this yeah. shit like she's like stop she's telling the Moselle yeah, she's like stop stop, stop, it, stop, 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 stop it stop stop it you know what? and and I, before they even got to the liar detector test, Ayala pulls out um, doctor's reports and was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Was like, okay, medical reports." And was like, "You said she had blood in her panties. It was popsicle stains, you know." And then later on, the daughter is like, "I literally told her that we were sitting yeah, here in the car, exactly. and she dripped popsicle onto yeah. her dress. Like you have a little sundress, you know, like that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah." Because um, she was like three years old or something. Yeah. You know, happened. yeah. And you know, there was a bunch of other stuff and like none of the doctor's reports, legal reports lined up with her story. Now she's saying she said that the that she thinks the doctor switched her underwear and all this like, crazy shit. This, is, this is my theory. My theory was this. And she well, said, she said she was right when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah, she did say that. But my theory with the whole thing was this. I think that, because first of all, she's still crying about the love of her life. And this, the oldest daughter... Right. It's got to be in her 30s because the right. youngest one is 28. So you're still crying about something that happened 30-something years ago, which means you never got over it, obviously. My theory is that that guy was married. Um, and that's, that's why, that's my theory, and that's why 
and because she said, "Oh, we stopped having relations because he worked all the time. We didn't have relations for four months." I'm like, "What? No, I think you get, he got caught with his, by his wife and was like, I gotta chill.'" And and so she went around and fucked around Mr. Moselle just to kind of pass the time and take her mind off shit and messed around and got pregnant. But then from that point on, blamed like us like she, like you said, Mr. Moselle and the oldest daughter especially. Because I love her life is basically like, yo, I ain't fucking with you now. You got this baby. Like, right. I heard about your business. You know, but um, it, shit was, the, the, the shit was heavy, man. And, and, you know, she never really, she apologized. She apologized. But she faked, she faked apologizing for everything she apologized for. Ayala had to really press her. Because Ayala mm-hmm. would be like, did you say this? And she'd be like, no. And Ayala would be like, really? And she'd be like, oh, yeah, I did say that. It's like, what? And Moselle is like, I don't accept your apology because you yep. have known this entire time that you were fucking lying. Like, I wasn't mad at him at all for that. Yeah, shit. he was like, "You have always known you were lying," and he was like, "So, mm-hmm. I, like, you destroy." He was like, "My life would be so different if yeah, because he, he, he's this. wearing like, that. Not only is he not seeing his children, but he's wearing that scarlet letter. Yeah, of the molester. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She went around town yeah. telling people that he fucked his oldest daughter and had a baby. Like, what are you? What are you doing? He's, yeah, you know, like, how, do you, do how do you do that? How do you do that to your child? That shit. Yeah, exactly. you know what? You know what? I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. And you know what I noticed though? Did you see? And, and this was and this is in no judgment, but for 53 years old, you can see the heaviness mm-hmm. on that man's body yeah. and on his face. Absolutely. Yeah. You can, you yeah. can, you can sit like he looked like a sixty-five-year-old man. Yeah, right. he was wearing and, that shit. He was wearing that shit, man. And that, yo, man, I just I couldn't think of any other word to describe that woman other than evil. evil I would never, evil. I would never, I would never believe anything she said. And to be honest, I, I, you know, this might sound horrible. I don't even believe that she was raped. I think she said that. Me either. To get, Me either. I think she said that to get sympathy in a time where she had to be accountable, and she wanted to change that tide. I think a woman like that. I think she's a pathological liar. I think she's been brutal to those children, and and yep. you can see the anger, the seething anger that and being that called just, on her shit. Well, from the kids, from being yeah. raised in a house where there was nothing but anger. Yeah. Anger, deceit. Just a yeah. foundation of a family is 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 fucking crumbled because yeah. you just made to, like that is and it, it is literally there is no worse thing to accuse a man of like you right. could yeah. fucking call a man a murderer and he'll yeah. walk with that yeah you know what I'm saying yeah. way before yeah. way before that shit that's crazy and like even her and they all, and they even all, one and of the daughters also said that they encouraged them that the, sorry not the daughters also said that the mother like. It, Encourage them to fight each other. Like the mother yeah. wouldn't break up the fights when they was little. They were going. She'd be like, "Go on a fight then." Right. <laughs> and one of the one of the um, sisters had to apologize to the oldest sister because mm-hmm. the oldest sister and the youngest was like at each other's throats all the time. Mm-hmm. Or was it the youngest mm-hmm. or the oldest in the middle? What one of those two? But no, she, it was the oldest and the youngest. The oldest and the youngest. youngest. And she had to apologize. Like, yo, now, now I get it. I didn't understand. Like, she didn't. She did not mm-hmm. really understand how how the mother was carrying her. You know what I mean? How the mother was yeah, really like yeah. playing her to the side and seeing that yeah. and hearing her mother admit to shit. I, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, I've been I've enjoyed my. It's only third episode, but you know, I know I cut to my island anyway. Um. 
I guess I've got to say, uh, well, I'm going to say peace to, but, uh, you know, uh, Florida and Harlem resident <laughs> Roger Stone <laughs> was arrested this week and indicted on uh, uh, several charges. Um, he's, he pled not guilty. Um, but it already feels like, like he, he, he walked in early and even before he got arrested, he used to kind of be on, you know, the new shows basically saying like, I would never flip on Trump. I would never say shit. Like, fuck that. It don't matter. Like, even if they arrest me and I know that he was on the news the past couple of days and they were asking him and he was like, well, I need to confer with my lawyers. <laughs> so it sounds like he's going to be another one that's going to start spilling well, some beans like- Stone is like a movie villain or something. Like he's so, he's such an interesting personality. Like your man came out of jail on the day he got arrested, flashing the Nixon V's, which Mm -hmm. is confusing. And if you read the indictment, even the emails, it's like, are y'all taking notes on a fucking criminal conspiracy? Like it's just it. Like even the the communications were crazy. He was using Nixon yeah. quotes in communication. I'm like, bro, I don't think you read to the end of that story or something. Like it just <laughs> it was also it's also weird and very over the top. Very. And then the day and then the day he got out of jail, he went and got like a hair dye job and a, and a spray tan. Yeah, and, and now put, put on, he's in a fucking mock neck and some sunglasses, yeah. and it's like, what, what do you think this is right now? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't your even, man I don't said, get it. I don't know if you saw it. Your man said in uh, that press conference we got out of the jail. One of the things he said was like, "Yo, y'all could have called me. I would have looked better instead of kicking my door in, and I, yeah, I would have put on my shit and then went yeah. down there, so I wouldn't have had to take my my mugshot in, you know, a raggedy prison suit. Like my dude, like that's his concern. That's a joke. Like FBI, fam. And <laughs> well, also, what nobody seems to understand, I mean, I'm sure he does understand that he's fronting. The FBI kicked in your door at, like, crack of ass in the morning so that you couldn't destroy shit or get rid of shit exactly. or throw away or shit away. or hide shit or run away. Like, yeah, exactly. ain't no come surrender. Nigga, nah, we showing up to you. Surprise. Hi. That, like, exactly. this dude is- that shit is procedure. Whatever. But it's interesting. But it's interesting to continue to see the dominoes fall. But of course, that same day, between that and the airports, major airports finally shutting down, Trump mm-hmm. finally agreed to reopen the government. Which I think he did in part. I think he did in part because of the the plane shutting down, and in part because he needed a diversion from the um from the Stone arrest. Like I think he was and convinced I, that finally it was to his benefit. And I also think the other part was, um, this is just my conspiracy theory. I think he got a couple of calls from, from like Jerry Jones. No, from Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell. And they was like, oh. my nigga, you cannot fuck up the Super Bowl. Like, if you don't open up the government, people are not going to be able to fly. <laughs> and you're going right. to fuck up the Super Bowl. I, I, I truly believe he got those calls because if you notice, he's supposed to allegedly possibly shut it down again. Like, On a couple 15th. weeks ago. Exactly, yeah. like a week after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I really believe that the man, because you know, the NFL owners know him. I really believe Robert Kraft and them was like, especially Robert Kraft, his team is in the game. I think he was like, "Yo, fam, you can't do this, B. You got to open up." Because no, it's very possible. But also, mm-hmm. once major airports start shutting down, like that's when you really start crippling everything, like yeah. everything. And I mean, the airports were shut down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. LaGuardia was shut down. What was it? My was it Miami? 
Yeah, it was Miami. Miami. It was like two or three of them. I might have been in DC too. All hubs, right? So yeah, it's like yeah. it, it that cripples everything at that point. Like you can't front like you don't see what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I hope this jackass don't shut the government again. I mean, I, if you shut it down again, you basically are saying like, fuck everybody. Your, and your whole shit is over. Yeah, like, he's like, not, are you, like you're, you're pushing all your chips off, not even into the middle. You're pushing them off the table because if you shut yeah. down again, it's over, nigga. Ain't nobody rocking with you to shut down the government mm-hmm. twice in a month. And he's already right back to talking about emergency, you know, declaring a state of emergency. Like he's already right back to the same language, right same, back to it, same, right back to it. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's a he's a horrible nigga, be like the worst nigga ever. Literally. I can't. I cannot believe this motherfucker is the president. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, did you see this thing with Tom Brokaw? Yeah, I so. saw the backlash. I didn't see the actual clip. So he uh, he said, uh, and I quote: "I also happen to believe that Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. That's one of the things I've been saying for a long time. You know that they ought not to be just codified in their communities, but make sure that all their kids are learning to speak English." And that they feel comfortable in the communities, and that's going to take outreach on both sides, frankly. So it was a that's... massive backlash for, for this because he's basically saying, and there should know, be, yeah, yeah, I agree a thousand percent. He's saying basically like all you motherfuckers need to come over here, no matter what your culture yeah. is. Fuck that, assimilate and speak English and leave that shit in your house. And actually, he could have probably gotten away with saying that had he not actually use the word assimilation. If he had said something about outreach on both sides and being bilingual and blah, 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 he might have been able to get away with all of that, except that he actually said assimilation. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I find it interesting because 30% of them voted for Donald Trump. I mean, mean, like we just keep ignoring that 30%, like that 30% exists, bro. And like, they are absolutely one of the most, uh, like they absolutely assimilate. If you've gone into uh, various locations where there are, you know, communities, yes, there's a, there's a group that stays within, you know, their culture and all of that sort of stuff. And same with blacks. And there's the group that, you know, get to get to rung up on the ladder, and then yes, they absolutely assimilate, dude. So I don't know what the nope. fuck you talking about. Like, clearly to me, it was indicative of a man who doesn't have a lot of um, communication or connection to um, uh, Latinos. I remember when I was when I was in, um, I guess it was elementary school, man. This is you know, there was a kid. His name was Juan Blanco, right? <laughs> He was, I forget which country he was, his family came from. One of, one of the countries, I believe, was South America, I believe, but whatever. This Latin kid, Juan Blanco, right? So it was cool. And then I remember, like, I met, he came to the school probably like in third grade. And I remember when we went to junior high school, he started calling himself John White. And I yeah. was like, why you, what? John White. Like, you know, I'm young. I don't understand the assimilation yeah. going on. And he was like, no, it's, you know, so I'm, like, call me John. And he was adamant. Call me John. Do not call me Juan. Remember, like, we were kids. We were calling him Juan Blanco. And, then, you know, Juan Blanco was actually a cool-ass name. Too. Yeah, well, we, like, <laughs> like a movie character. Dude. Exactly. Juan Blanco was like, we could we call him that. And so he was adamant about us calling, calling him John White. But then I remember... After high school, I think one summer we worked at like you know some like summer job or something together. Uh, I haven't seen him probably since then. And I remember he was back to Juan Blanco. 
So, I, you know, again, I was too young to really be cognizant of what his journey must have been to go from one name to another name back to his original name. Maybe he was just like, fuck these craggers. I'm just going back to me. But like, but like you said, Sean, like that happens in a lot of communities, like, the, you know, yes. the Asian, com- Asian community, you'd be like, what's your name, man? My name is, you know, uh, you know, Kenneth Lee. And then yeah. you find out his, his real name is like, you know, Ho Shi Lee or something like that. Like they really just, Every know, nail salon tech. Even, even in our, even in our culture, our too. you could be, yeah. you could be named Clarence. And then you want to go, Call Dan. Dan. Clarence, if you don't sit your raggedy ass down somewhere. <laughs> I still know how he came up with that shit. How the fuck you go from Clarence to Dan? I ain't never heard that shit in my life. Yo, man, you get up in that. You, I mean, you know, you get up, especially in that real corporate world, man, in that real hedge fund world, man. No, you supposed to be Clay. Them motherfuckers will spin your clay. head all the way around. You supposed to be Clay. Your name Clay. You know what I'm saying? But meanwhile, you calling yourself, you know, George or John or, you know, yeah. Mike. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, nigga, your name's CW, nigga. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't eat collard greens anymore. I haven't eaten those in years. Get the fuck out of here, you bitch ass nigga. So um <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um I just thought that was, you know, kind of a kind of an interesting story. Um you know what we didn't get to touch on um last week, um um in our Amanda show. And it's a little it's a little late, but it's still pretty you mean relevant. Reagan? Yeah, why did I say I'm a man? I'm tripping. Reagan show. I'm sorry, sorry Reagan. I'm sorry, Reagan. <laughs> Was the whole Covington thing. The Covington High School thing. Fucking mess. Um, did you, did you want to kind of talk about that? I mean, I feel like it's kind of been done to death at this point. Um, I mean, basically, it's, it's, a, it's a narrative we've seen develop a bunch of times where... So Covington High School is a Catholic high school in... All male Catholic Kentucky. high school. In Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they took a school, a sanctioned school trip with chaperones to the Women's March to counter protest. Um, so they're all wearing MAGA hats and doing all that type of shit. And the same day of the Women's March, there was also an Indigenous People's March. And yes. um, as they're making their way through D.C., at some point, they come into conflict with some Black Hebrew Israelites. And the thing about the black Israelites is that they're perfect for a group of young white boys who trying to fill them, fill their oats well, and get some shit off on. because they're going to talk you, shit to you, you but go, they're not going to get at you. Before go you ahead. go there now, you should, ex- you should explain because I don't think a lot of people really understand what that, so, what the black Israelites are. We, the New Yorkers do. New Yorkers, no. So black Hebrew Israelites are a sect of black Jews Kind of. It's like if you mix if you mixed up Jews with like the Nation of Islam with Dungeons and Dragons and, 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 Luke, and, Cage. Show, and Luke Cage <laughs> and Show Nuff from The Last Dragon. That's really it's really like Show Nuff and them. That's that's you really know what it get them out for. get them out for, bro. They make them. <laughs> it's, it's really like Show Nuff and them, and they and they get into certain areas in major cities and they stand in a group. And there's one who's like the minister and there's one who's the reader and the reader will have the Bible open. And again, they dress like show nothing them. And the minister will say, read. Read. And the one with the Bible (laughs) will read off a scripture 
And then the minister will be like, that's right, because the white man and the blah, blah, yeah. blah, and, G- and, you know, the God said that the black man was supposed to be. So this goes on, like, all day, right? And if, and if white people are walking by, they point them out and just go at their throat. And just go at them. But the thing is that they will talk shit to them, but they don't move. They are very stationary. So... Yes. They got at the white boys. Them and the white boys are changing barbs back and forth. But like I said, it's perfect for um it's perfect for white boys like these kids because these men aren't actually gonna do anything to them. Like they don't ever really actually get physical that they I've just ever talk done. Shit. They just talk they shit. just talk shit like really loud and they're really scary looking. So at some point, um, as this conflict is going comes the part that we see on film, which is somehow an an indigenous elder who is doing like a drum ceremony um, gets in the midst of it. And people say he kind of inserted himself to try to bring some peace, like, you know, because he's doing like a peace drum. And yeah. some people were saying that he like put himself in between the the kids and the Hebrew and the black Hebrew Israelites. But the kids, the video that we saw publicly was the kids surrounding him. Mm-hmm. And crowding in on him and trying to intimidate him. Like that, that white boy, do you know who my father <coughs> is? Smirk that yeah, we exactly. all know, that we all know, right? Yep. Like that one where people want to be like, what? The khaki pants with yeah. the boat shoes. Yep. Yeah, like that smart where you get offended, you're like, I didn't even say anything. Like, what's the problem? What are you talking about? Yeah. And, you're talking about, bro. Yeah. I didn't say anything. <laughs> and the elder never flinched. So, the video goes viral and immediately the right comes to like massive defense. You know, this isn't, this isn't me. This doesn't represent me. And it goes from being like the kid was just being an innocent kid to being, well, actually the indigenous elder was the aggressor Mm -hmm. to actually like the kids were being bullied by black Israelites, but nobody's talking Mm -hmm. about that. And, and like all the way to the point where like, the White House is making comments about it. You know yep. what I mean? Like yep. they had, they immediately retained like a a, a a publicity firm that works for the RNC Crisis to put out management. a statement. Yeah, to put out a statement. Then they're smearing like, um, dude said he was a Vietnam era vet, not specifically that he was a Vietnam vet, but people took it and started calling him a Vietnam vet. Then they're smearing his um, war record or his service record. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. they drag up. As, as they do. As, as, they, as do. they do. Then they drag up his arrest record from when he was 19 and 20. Um, arrest and for like, like, it, like six. Yeah, he said, I think he might be 70 even. Like, like so bring up his arrest record from like when he's 19 and 20 for shit like underage drinking and driving without a license. Shit that had those been those same white boys would have been cool, right? Like, Kids are kids. Kids are kids. So it's been a mess to see how, you know, people go out of their way to spin shit for these white boys. And apparently the school has a, has a culture of intolerance. Like, again, it's like an all male, almost completely all white. Yep. Um, there's like a couple of black kids. And this isn't the first time that some problematic behavior or problematic people have come out of the school. And it's just like, even if you remove the the interaction with, with the elder from it, like, what the fuck are y'all doing in D.C. anyway? Like, a bunch of teenage white boys there to protest well, you know, they went down, women's they went rights. Down, exactly. They went down like, to protest against, against women's rights. 
as, as as high schoolers. Like this is like this is important for high school white boys to experience. Like go like let's let's teach you how to insert yourself in women's rights now. Like yeah. that's crazy. It's crazy. And people are like crazy. where where are the teachers? The teachers were right there. They, have a they were right there. the fuck there. I have a picture of the kids at a basketball game. They're playing a black school in Kentucky, and a lot of those kids are wearing blackface at the game. Yeah, this is clearly, this is clearly. I mean, this is. I mean, we know what this is. This is a culture, um, you know, of of these sort of uh, private schools, and um, you know, this is this is what goes on. Exactly what we think was going on here is mm-hmm. what was going on. This is mm-hmm. not. So they're just the next generation of Brett Kavanaugh's. That's all. That's all it is. That's all it is. It took them out, you know. Exactly. I worked hard for everything I have. Meanwhile, you got pushed through, you bitch ass nigga. Um, last topic. I mean, it's it's pretty sad topic, but I just wanted to mention um this this uh barely woman, she's only twenty two years old, um Malaysia Godson, a Goodson, who uh fell down the subway uh, stairs um and uh, and uh, died today while she was trying to carry her daughter in a stroller down the steps and that's at the uh seventh avenue being these days station which is literally up the block from where we take yeah um and i know i know those steps they're dumb steep and there's several of them um uh it's, it's a horrible you know horrible situation so again only 22 years old her daughter was one this daughter seems like this according to reports seems like the daughter is okay but i mean this woman like literally like must have hit her head or something she well, like, lost I, her I read that they that they're not sure yet like there was a condition that she had yeah. that the like fall impacted condition. or if it was as a result of the fall but you know i mean live in new york a lot of people said this there's two things first is um the accessibility for the trains because not all of these stations have elevators, elevators. And it's mostly the larger ones. And even when they do, you have to make sure you're going through a certain entrance and whatever. But the mm-hmm. other thing is that you will see mothers struggling with strollers All on the these time. steps. And, and nobody stops. Them. Nobody stops. Like, I always try to stop and help um, oh, yeah, if we're going in the same direction. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'll grab the front and walk it down with them. You know like, no, yeah. nobody stops to help them. You know, it's funny. I haven't ridden, I haven't been on the, tr- on the subway in a, in a while, but I remember that was almost like the code of the subway. Yeah. Like, I remember being on this, I never remember seeing a woman carrying a stroller. Like struggling, struggling. 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 Now, all the time. Mine. Mind blowing to me. Mind because they said she, was, said she was carrying a stroller and bags, right? Which is probably how she lost her balance. So like, Terrible. like, Terrible. like nobody even tried to help. Like she got a stroller in one hand with, with the baby in the stroller yeah. and the bags in the other hand, and niggas is just like, hey, whatever, man. I'm trying to get the train. For like, real, like, they be like, no, for real. People be like, what the fuck ever, and be mad that she's taking up space on the steps. And and yeah, um, you know. One of this, I mean, this ultimately, you know, this is a tragic story, but it really highlights um, the sort of deficiencies of the subway's infrastructure, mm-hmm. right? Like, that is, that is a major station. This is not some far off, you know, L train, you know, station yeah. in the depths of Williamsburg somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, this is a, this is Midtown Manhattan, dude. Like, it don't get no busier than that. Right. Nope. And so, it's it's really and wait, really it terrible. was Seventh Avenue. 
Yeah, it was a seven thousand. Those million. steps are but steep. That's, they're steep as hell. And, and, long. There's, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. They're steep and they're long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think there's an elevator on Seventh Avenue. I don't think so either. There's an escalator if you're going through through a certain entrance, but I don't think there's an elevator in Seventh Avenue. And I, well, even, even if it's an elevator, I think it'll only take you down to the area where the um you know the token booth is. It's not gonna right. take you all the way down to the bottom. Oh yeah, you know what? There actually, yeah, there is one, but I think I don't think it goes all the way down to the bottom. But yeah, but that station is a very deep. Like some stations are deeper than others, and that's one of them mm-hmm. is deep, and those steps are super narrow. Yep, yep. So, I mean, prayers to her and her, to her family, man, because she's twenty two years old, man. She's twenty two, like she's a child. That's you awful. Know? It's awful. Just trying to, you know, I'm sure, you know, figure out her life. And she was had moved up to Connecticut. Was she was working as a daycare aide, so she was, you know, trying trying to get on her way. And now it's like, Jesus Christ, man, it's horrible, man. Um, I hate to have to end the show that way. Um, and I hope anybody who walked past her feels like a piece of shit. Exactly. Like, what are you doing, fam? Like, this lady was carrying a stroller with her baby in it. What are you niggas doing? Yeah. Unbelievable. Man. Unbelievable. Uh, so on that note, we're going to wrap it up, man. Uh, everybody out there in the New York City tri-state area and in the Midwest, uh, stay warm. You know, it's, it's going to be brutal these next right. few days. Oh, yeah. So I know. Shout out to Jim Jones and his weather reports. Them oh, yeah. Jimmy's like, hilarious. <laughs> Jimmy's yeah, hilarious. Chicago's about to get I got a quick shout out, too. If you guys ever get a chance, I don't know if you, I know you guys aren't in the bodybuilding, but um, if you ever heard of Ronnie Coleman, yeah, 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 everybody Coleman. Yeah, yeah. Coleman has a documentary on Netflix. It is really, really good, right? Like okay. it's a it's a really good documentary. I didn't know a lot of things about Ronnie Coleman. I knew he was, you know, basically he was Mr. Olympia and was still a police officer in Arlington. During, oh, I didn't know he was still a cop too. Wow. He was still a cop during during the time he was competing for Mr. Olympia and winning. Um wow. But like really, like a really sharp guy. I didn't know he had gone to Grambling, had a degree in accounting, like just a bunch of shit you would have just never, you know, no guessed, you know. And because he's from Louisiana, you know, he has that really high, he has a high pitched voice and this really Southern drawl. And it comes off as country dumb, right? Like it, you know, but he's a really sharp dude. It's an interesting, um, documentary he put his body through hell and he's really paying for it now you know what i'm saying like multiple surgeries he's had like about eight or nine surgeries um on his back damn um and and like hips and stuff like that but it's really really it's an interesting watch okay and then next week um just mention next week we're gonna definitely talk about um the ted bundy tapes i need y'all to watch abducted in plain sight too though that shit okay and so next it's week, also gonna, on Netflix. You guys really yesterday, yeah. So we'll do a little bit of a Netflix show next week. We'll do we'll mention we'll talk about the Ted Bunny taste. We'll talk about Adopted in Plain Sight, and we'll also maybe even talk a little bit about Trigger One and Killer Mike show. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I'm good on that, bro. Okay, well I'll watch it and I'll tell y'all niggas yeah, about it. Like always. Y'all the rundown. So that's it. We're gonna wrap it up. We'll see y'all next week. Later.